Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's up, you weirdos? <laughs> Weird intro. Perfect start. Great episode. David Keckner. So psyched he came in. What a, what a delightful man. Uh, just a couple things real quick up top. YouMadeItWeird.com is where the t-shirts are at, guys. They're finally done. We got chicken t-shirts. We got Pierce shirts. We got weirdo t-shirts. Please check them out. That is the um, clearest and most direct way to support the show, and hopefully you like them. And if you have ideas for shirts and other things, go to Facebook.com, regular slash YouMadeItWeird, and let us know. All these shirts are basically coming from... Uh, from weirdo suggestions uh watch ugly americans that's on comedy central come see me in san diego that's uh may 4th and 5th at the madhouse i'd love to see some weirdos there may 10th through 13th laughing skull atlanta may 17th through 19th salt lake city wise guys may 31st through june 2nd comedy attic in indiana and june 13th through 16th helium in portland uh this is brought to you by amazon my favorite amazon.com go to uh, don't go to amazon.com Go to Nerdist.com, go to this podcast, click on the banner, shop as you normally would. That's a great way to uh, to support the show as well. That's it. Get into it. Enjoy. Do I need the headphones? I throw them on. Okay. But I won't need to hear anything else. No, it's just me. There's no, there's no wacky sound right. cues or anything that you'll miss out. I, I enjoy hearing. Well, that's embarrassing. No, no, it's not. I, I should be embarrassed. No, you shouldn't. I think there's a certain comfort level. Yes. Because there's a way you do things. Right. And then you know, for your own intents and purposes, that it is being recorded. Intensive purposes? Intense and... I know you said it correctly. Right. But you just reminded me that if I start an improv team, I want to call it intensive purposes. <laughs> Are you... Uh, is that eminent? You starting an improv team? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking for a jump start. Right. Looking for something that's going to take me over a, the edge. A toehold, yeah. Yeah. You're eating a delicious ice cream treat, quality hand spun from Wendy's. Can I tell you why? Can I say? Yes, you may. I always love, you're a Hollywood person. You're right. in films. Yeah. You're you're an actor person. I love seeing actor people eating regular stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the jerk off with the real alkaline water. I don't know what alkaline water is. Good for you. Is it? You read about it. I see a lot of people drinking coconut water these days. Wow, look at this. I, this looks like a battery. I, <laughs> the, bottle, the bottle is shaped like a battery, folks, because that's the first thing that comes to mind, right? It's alkaline. Well, it's a battery for your body. I'm an idiot. No, I'll, I'll be the first to admit don't, it. I will not sit here and allow you to denigrate yourself. I love that. Well, how supportive and delightful. Why not? I'm into I, something that's going to make you better, a better person. Let's well, open our minds. Come the, on, right? the idea is that your body wants to have a certain pH. Right. Okay? Yes. So we put acid in our body. Not. I'm sure that Wendy's ice cream is probably more acidic than alkaline. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. It's a podcast, but David Keckner, yes. I'm not going to mispronounce, took a delicious bite of your Wendy's thing with delight. Yeah, as I said, it was probably now. It's not that you can't eat acid things, but like you should have some alkaline to balance it out. Makes complete sense. Like you're supposed to have some good flora in your stomach as well. Flora, right? And ba- uh, bacteria. Yes, yes I'm yeah. I'm all over that, but I'm not good at. I'm one of these people that eats incredible. Like I eat pretty deliberately well. That's good. Yes, yeah. thank you. But no matter what I do, no matter how many acidophilus or some sort of stomach lining thing, it's never – I don't want to get into poop right up top, but it's a weird show. It's never going to be great down there. Let's get to the poop right at the bottom. <laughs> What's going on, folks? 
step back just a half an inch. You don't want that on your shoes. <laughs> Let's get the poop right out of our bottoms. People don't like talking about poop, but I'm not being gross. But do you remember when you were like eight and you just fucking blasted deuce? Mm-hmm. Just blast. Yeah. Perfect. It's they called- were like, yeah. <laughs> It was rolling deuce, yeah, in the old days. Yeah. Rolling deuce? Roll one out, yeah. But you anyway, roll a deuce. I don't know. I can't say blast. Oh, you were doing a comedy bit I take you too no, no, seriously. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. I love oh, it. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, there's there's a lot of- um, Terms. Double entendre here. I like it. You have children, though. We have five. We have five. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot that I like about that. Oh, that's good. You included good. your wife. Right. It's not like they're your children. They're you, not. You and guys it, have jokes. And in fact, uh, I've, you ever listened to Eckhart Tolle? No. What is he's that? He's a cool uh, philosopher. I think he's German or Austrian. I always have to – he did uh, like the power of now. Okay. I've heard that, of it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Uh, but he made a statement that, that he said, you don't own your children. They're not yours, which is true. Yeah. They're not mine. Okay. They happen to be in my care right. until they can – care for themselves but it's better to look at them like i don't I, there's not ownership <laughs> that is so fucking beautiful right? man but there's another life i have responsibility right for, yes but otherwise but it's not yours to look at it yeah they're not mine that's another human being right i can fill up with horrible <laughs> ideas <laughs> or good ones or good ones yeah or a mix right. of alkaline right. water and sometimes a frosty i'm eating a frosty i had a tooth extracted today can and you that, believe it? Yes. Tell me why. Um, here's why. They told me it was. <laughs> Hold on. You're just like one of those funny people because right. you're talking about something kind of serious it's and I'm true. just giggling. No, you should giggle. Because for anyone to get a tooth taken out these days, like, what? Yeah. They should yeah, do that? Yeah, with a leech on your gums. Right, right. <laughs> they believed um, a little man was living in your tooth. There was a lot of pressure. Uh. <laughs> That's the term. Yeah. No pain. Well, no. <laughs> It's true, because they'll shoot you up. Let's see. What was it? The word resorption, not reabsorption, resorption. Resorption. The, the tooth was shrinking. They don't, and they don't know why it happens. It happens to people. They don't know why. What? But it was causing me some um, gum pain, and the, the fear then is that if it kept resorbing, <laughs> then that would eventually turn into some kind of periodontal issue. I, would lo- I love the idea that your dentist just said resorbing. And didn't meant to say reabsorbing, and then just had to keep saying it. Well, I, our listeners can find out. They can goog. And I say our because I'm be, a lot of people don't know I'm a weekly now. <laughs> You're a weekly guest on the show. <laughs> How come I didn't get it? Katie got I'm a, it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a new, I'm a new co-host. You've just merged right into the yeah, show. And completely unwanted. Well, no, yeah. we're happy to have you. <laughs> One week. <laughs> It could be tricky to do it every week. It could that's, be. That's why I'm having a delicious Frosty. And I hope the very least Wendy's could do is send one your way. Well, you know, I'd like to point. think that's the point. Like on The Daily Show, if they mention Xbox. Do they? If they do. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Three Xboxes come in the mail. That's yeah. the kind of show I'd like to have. Yeah, that'd be nice, right? That kind of power. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did that on the Cosby Show, too. They would write in those delicious subs that uh, Cliff was always eating. Is that right? Because it was like a real place. Uh, I think that taped in Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, even though, it, yeah, I think it, it's one of those weird shows that taped that in, actually, in New yep, York. Yep, yep, yep. And they they That's had true. the sandwich in, place, in. and they kept writing. The writers kept being like, uh, "Interior Huxtable House." Uh, I don't know. Cliff's eating a delicious sandwich because wow. the staff would get them as well. Right. And then Cliff started to get a little Cliff. The character started to get right. too fat. So they had they had to start writing like Cliff is exercising. Wow. <laughs> Exterior Huxtable House. Cliff is jogging. 
that sort of stuff. Wow. So I'd like I'd like a frosty sentiment. That'd be nice, pronto. right? At least or or or, or coupon. I'm, I I believe I think if you go in to a Wendy's uh-huh. and are persuasive enough, they'll give you a frosty. Listen, I've got a podcast down the down the street. <laughs> Just to make you go away. The man just keeps having podcasts. He looked like a bloated Zach Braff. Someone just tweeted. Someone just tweeted that at me. I was like, how have I gotten to the point where people will freely offer uh, which uh, celebrity I look like if they let themselves go? There you go. Yeah. Right. You look like Val Kilmer stung by bees. Nice. Is that, is that one you've gotten to? Except he got real big. And you know what he's doing now? Mark what? Twain. What is that? He's playing Mark He Twain? is doing the one man Mark Twain. Uh, uh, Kathy, does anyone call you Kathy? <laughs> I, do, call do you... Her, I call her Catherine. She hates it. She that hates was a high it. five, folks. That was a high five. You and this you... is me applauding it. Don't be confused. We're not still high fiving. <laughs> I wish we were. Uh... In that cadence. <laughs> Rhythmically and joylessly still high fiving. Clap, clap, clap. What were you going to ask, Catherine? Uh, if she could look up. Oh. Um, you're a good co-host. You know how to yeah, use know, the tech. I know. What were we just talking about? Mm. Mark Twain. Oh. Mark Twain. And, and Val Kilmer. Boy, she's on point. And we are... Yeah, we, I, are we both totally blanked on right. what it was we were having her look we're up. We're the next. But he's doing the, the uh, Mark Twain. Either was at uh, here in town or maybe he's doing a tour. That'd be amazing, well, Mark Twain it? wasn't uh, the thinnest man. Mm. And our, our vision of his, his, his yeah. later years was... Well, uh, he dressed like Colonel Sanders. Right. Like, why can't we think why he ate think? like him? Tell me more about your children philosophy. That was fucking interesting. Well, that would be the simplest one. And the other one is I try to the one time I saw a quote or read it or something, the the foundation of ethics is listening. Oh. And it'll work great for our improv group as well. <laughs> for intents and purposes. It's the subtitle of our group is right. Foundation of Ethics. Right. Can we get a suggestion about the foundation of ethics? And, that, that's, and then we go. That's what you should. That's if you can really apply that to parenting. Yes. You get two things. You're trying to instill ethics or the ideation of ethics, and you're By actually listening. listening because that's what parents, you, man. Yeah. That's what kids really want right. too. But what gets in the way is kids don't have much to say. Well, I have, was just in the Seven Eleven buying these. Yes. I'm so sorry. To no, 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 no. I was buying these. This alkaline battery. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and this banana. You don't have to get organic bananas, by the way. The skin is so thick; it's a waste of money. Okay. Thank you, OMG Food Facts on Twitter. Nice. So I was uh, there, and there was a child there with their with their parents, and they were like, "There's water here. There's water." All kids sound the same. Yes. Water here. Right. And then I was like, the dad wasn't listening because all the kid was saying is. There's water here. There's water here. Right. There's water here. Come on, let's go. There's water here. So how do you listen to that all? <laughs> you, if he'd responded earlier, you think so? he could have stopped having to insist that there was water there. You think so? Yes. Validating. If, well, if the dad had said, oh, thank you, son. Yes. Right? Thank you for the water news. Right. But no. it's hard because we all... As adults, we all have our agendas that we have to little our minor agendas we yeah. have to get through every second, right? Uh, and those, of course, are so much more important than the needs of a child. Mm, and that's the hard part. It yes. really is. That is listening is hard. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, being a good person around them is hard. Not 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 getting angry or not yeah. bringing the same level of anger that they bring. Yes, that's hard. The other good quote I read was. Um, that applies to not only our careers, but uh, uh, parenting, I think, is uh, from Michelangelo, and it was, genius is eternal patience. 
Wow. But, wow, well, that's great. Break that down, because I'd like to say I get it right away. Well, I, got, I got the ethics one right away. Right, but genius, right? Genius. What, does it, what does it take to be genius? Yes. Eternal patience. You think about Michelangelo and what he did for his vocation. Right. Would take an amazing amount of patience. Right. Whether you're sculpting or painting. Yes. And I think I, that applies there. Well, it applies to yourself, too. Yeah. Why can't you be patient with yourself? Allow whatever you are, are uh-huh. be patient with that. Because we, of course, as actors, we want it now. We want to be great we now. Validation this now. actually comes up all the time when I talk to comedians who are starting. And I remember that yearning that yeah. I still have that you want to be great right away. Right away. I can't take it. Mm-hmm. When everybody, like, I don't know, uh, uh, the 10-year rule. Like, yep. it takes about 10 years hours. before you, uh, 10,000 hours. Yep. Thank you for referencing Malcolm nice. Gladwell, so I didn't have to. It comes up a lot on um, the show. And it should. It should. It yeah. fucking should, because it's right. important. But it's unfortunately, imp- you're like, yes, no, you this. please. David, no, no, David, I love David this. Kechner. Please, please follow. Kechner. I love this line of, 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 I thought, go ahead. You new people that come up. They'd, they'd want a shortcut. They'd like to cut it in half. You know what I mean? And, like, unfortunately, there is no shortcut. No. I don't think there ever will be a shortcut, and there shouldn't be a shortcut. Agreed. And I'd like to say I did it for 10 years. It wasn't so bad. Right. It's well, kind of nice. That, that's your time in the trenches. The fun is the journey, right? Uh, It kind of is. Because when you think you've arrived, then you have all this expectation of what's yeah. supposed to happen, and then it might be more solitary. Anonymity is power. That's what uh, Dimitri wow. Martin told me. The idea that before you're anything... Uh, you can go anywhere. Ah, uh, true. And then now you're David. You're David Keckner. Right. You're a certain type of. Uh, you're you're a type. Right. People cast for a David Keckner type. Right. I keep every time I pause before your name because I was like, don't mispronounce it. Well, you're you're actually. Am uh, I still mispronouncing? No, no, that's that's exactly how I pronounce it. But everyone pauses because there's no. As I I sometimes do this in my act. Mm. Uh, o e never makes the e eh sound in the yeah, English language. Yeah. So our family mispronounces it. Keckner, it should be Koshner. Koshner. But I'm from a very small town in Missouri. So and I don't know where yes. along the line they got it wrong and started mispronouncing yes. it. But they say Keckner. That's now, the same thing with Houston Street is Houston Street. Right. It's just New York just was like, no, we've been saying Houston for a hundred years and they're like, but historically it's Houston. It's like fuck you. Right. Like well, speaker of the house <laughs> is Boner, not Boehner. What is it? Speaker of the House. Oh oh yes. Yes. And, you know, I just met uh, Matthew Weiner. Pretty sure that's a power move to, I mean, like, you got to think it's some, not on his part, but at some point in the family, they were like, fuck this Weiner right. shit. <laughs> we're Weiners. Well, I, looking back, it's like, why didn't you guys just change it then? Yeah. Change it K-E-C-K. Do whatever you had yeah. to do. Yeah. But I can't now go back and go Kushner or Kushner. Yeah, it's too late. Right, because I've got 36 first cousins on my dad's side. We'll so them. T- tell me what you yeah. were, because we were really mm-hmm. getting into the juice, man. Yes. We went from zero to juice real fast. We're talking about creativity, and, mm-hmm. and, and I felt like I, you were about to say something. You oh, remember? The, I don't want to put you on the spot. The 10,000 hours yes. theory that you were talking about. And I think... I could say that you endeavor to be an artist, whatever that means Absolutely. to you. There's an art to stand up. There's no question about it. Uh, there's an art to acting. Yep. And there are plenty that not only want a shortcut, but certainly get one. Yes. And I would also argue that today, the, uh, uh, I find to be a huge problem with not only the general population, but probably a lot of people in our business, it's more important to be famous uh-huh. than good. It's so funny to hear you say that because I was just with somebody whose name I won't, men- won't mention. We'll talk off the air, we'll, folks. We'll, You'll uh, never know. You can tweet, you can question, you can email. You write. I'll one. never say. We won't say. You also wouldn't know who this person is. No one, no one really would know who this person is. And I just remember them saying at one point they were like, "More than anything, I just want to be famous. Wow. Like I want to be famous more than uh, a great comedian or whatever. I just like almost like I think they use Carson Daly as the model. I just want to be on TV regularly, introducing things so that I will then be famous. Although. 
You know, admittedly, I just said I'd like Wendy's to send me Frosty coupons. Well, but you've already put your 10,000 hours in. So in a way, you've already... Uh, I've earned those goddamn Frosties. Goddamn right. <laughs> I've earned God those Frosties. Right. Line them up. Yes, you have. David Letterman said something very interesting yeah. about celebrity. He said that uh, he... It was so interesting to hear someone embrace it. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think David Letterman, of all people, would. Because he seems kind of reclusive and whatnot. Right. You know, I always picture him on a beach in Connecticut. <laughs> you know, linen pants. You know, a cigar. <laughs> right. Ironic Jay Leno t-shirt. <laughs> oh. Uh, he keeps it funny around the house. Yeah, you know he does. <laughs> yeah. And it, it occasionally drops down, uh, drops in a, a Jay Leno impression. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, God, can't get enough of them. Do you want to do one just for fun? I've been saying this lately. I'm going to write down so I don't, won't forget right. Letterman. People get uh, give people a hard time, comedians, for doing Cosby impressions and Seinfeld impressions. And I'm like, it's a delight. Right. Zip-a-da-dill. Right. I'm here with my family. <laughs> and you, and like, like, why would you want to take that right. from me? Give the- I don't want to take it from you. Right, exactly. If you want to do one and it makes you laugh, I say do it. And do it in the shower. And do it when you're brushing. Like brushing my teeth right. with my wife, Camille. You know what I'm saying? Ah! Right? Who can't? Well, plus it's a you know there's that's a, an homage to the cause. The cause, yeah. Keeping him alive, keep do him in the. He is alive, but keeping yeah. him in the consciousness. Yes. Uh, do, do you know what we do in our house? Is I have the kids do Paul Lind. You knew who Paul Lind. Yeah, is. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite Paul Lind story. He, he was on uh, Hollywood Squares and he went. I went into the ladies' locker room. Smelled like pussy. <laughs> I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yes. That's fantastic. We've gone from, we've increased the fun 30% doing an impression that someone would be like, anybody can do Paul Lynn. Well, here's the thing that that's interesting too, because you can't not ever, everyone can because a, because they don't remember who he was. Right. He was the center square. That's probably where you know him most famously. He was also (laughs) one of the uncles on Bewitched. Mm -hmm. He was also in the, the dad in Bye Bye Birdie, Mm -hmm. the dad. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) With Anne Margaret. Okay. But Paul Oh, Anne Margaret. That's a piece of... That's a broad I'd like to... (laughs) (laughs) And it is... What is today? Today is something about... Well, it's the 17th, but there's also... It's honor... uh, uh, Wage and uh, Difference Day or something like that. Oh, right. Uh, What is the... I don't know. But to make people paid the same? That got a day? Yes, that's today. Because women still typically make 77 cents for every dollar the male makes. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I thought you were going to say 77 less cents than a dollar. Like, no, I'm like not, that not is that a bad. meager way. Not that bad. That's really fucked up. But Paul Lind was the center square, was the uncle unbewitched. Uh, and here's the impression we do around my dinner table <laughs> with all the kids. And all the impression also informs the listener who's the impression of. And it's, I'm Paul Lind. <laughs> And what do you say? You have your children doing <laughs> yes. this. I'm Paul yes. Lynn. And they'll do it every once in a while. I'll just say, give me some Paul Lynn, and they'll do it. That and, is, that, okay, I love you it. don't yeah. own your kids, but you sure can put them into a happy space. Right. And teach them how to do a Paul Lynn impression. How can you be unhappy if you're, if you're doing a Paul Lynn impression? If you teach your children <laughs> to do a little bit of a Cosby and you email it to me, I, I'll, I'll just oh blow up God. into fireworks. A little child, one time I, I tweeted that. Um, Kathy, remind me about that. <laughs> she looked over and she hated it. She, did you see how mad she was that she looked up when I said Kathy? Yes. She was so angry. I understand, Kathy. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I one time said uh, uh, a, a British boy saying the word Papa always makes me happy. Uh-huh. These th- these little tricks. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It totally, even just talking about it, little Papa, my Papa. papa right. you be ma- so somebody tweeted at me. It was one of the nicest things ever. They're... 
son, their little boy, saying, Peter, will you be my papa? Oh, that's awesome. And then I, I just fucking died of uh, of happiness forever. I, I will be emailing you a, an impression. But probably we'll start with the, the Paul Lenz, but uh, yes. we'll get to the cause. And, and I will tweet it, and everyone will get to oh, see that's it. Oh, awesome. Zip Where I need you to come here. And Seinfeld, too. It's, these are all the funnest. Right. Just, ah, what's going on? That's it's not a good even one. good. It's, oh, a, I was just going to say that was it's not good. good. Thank yeah, you. That was good. You did Charlie Sheen on SNL. Wow, yeah. But That's that was, a while ago. That was a cheat. It was really... Is it? Well, I did. I don't think I even... I had so few lines in that particular sketch uh-huh. that it was more like it was more a hair look. and makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And attitude. Your look else. of... Uh, I'm sorry, what was Norm MacDonald's brother's name? Gary. Gary MacDonald. Yes. Yeah. You're, you fucking look a lot like him. They, they they do a good job, and you do a good job with the impression. But you're right. There's something about seeing you in that wig. They had a great great wig. Now I did a different character. That was a character <laughs> I called Jokey, and they they the way to get him on the show. They made him Gary McDonald, Norm's brother, and with the, the no thing. Right, exactly. Yes. The guy always goes no. Yes. Yeah. Which is so confusing. Yeah. But in a in a wonderful yes. way, yes, I'm yes. watching it and I'm like, this feels really authentic to me. Right. But I'm, what I, it didn't confuse me. I think the audience is kind of like, oh, they why is no he idea. saying no? And then the third time you do it, I'm like, oh, he's not saying no to negate it. He's just kind of like, no, I, as no. if I said that. Exactly. Because we know a lot of people that I, I I knew a guy when I was in high school that used to always make jokes and go no. <laughs> and that killed me. That used to kill me. So. And, but there was someone who worked on the staff that said their dad had called her and said, you shouldn't let that guy be on the news because he seems like he's having a really hard time. Oh, my God. That Of Norm McDonald? Oh, no, of me. Of you? Of me oh, playing you, Gary McDonald. He's having a really yeah. hard time. Which you are the character. Right. Is having a horrible time. A horrible time. And, and yet he cannot stop. He loves he, telling love jokes. It. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And he, he, he cannot help can't. himself. You know, I have something in common with him. If I think it, I'm going to say it. It's yeah. a problem, but I'm, I'm kind of I delight in people It's like also that. freedom. It is freedom. Right, right. It is freedom. That, that, there, there's where your authenticity comes, right? There's your 10,000 hours. Like, I am allowed. Right. I'm allowed. Right. As long as it's not, well, you can say it even if it is insensitive and right. offensive and whatever. Yes. You can, you're allowed. There, I think that's what's so delightful, hopefully, about comedy mm-hmm. when it's really good is that we are saying, we're reacting like your children. We're reacting like children in that we feel something and we say it. We say what we're actually thinking instead of posturing. Not to say that everybody out there who's not a comedian doesn't do that. Exactly. But hopefully when you watch a comedian, you're seeing a little bit more of a, oh, that's that's unfiltered. That's un, unpasteurized, unmodernized. It should be, right? That's kind of our purpose. I, mean, I, I, hope I so. think that's part of the art. I it, hope so. That's why when you said I, when I think stand up is like art, I think just comedy is like art. Agreed. And that and that and that's a beautiful thing. And that's and that's a huge part of what you do uh, in the characters and stuff. And that's why I think you're still compelled to perform live and stuff oh, because absolutely. you could just you know coast on your film career sometimes. Uh, but we do have five children, and sometimes uh, it's there's. I go out and tour too. Yes. So you oh, know. do you? Oh yeah, yeah. When Wh- things get where, slow, at clubs. Or oh yeah, what? Really? everywhere. I'm sorry to. to no, no, no. That's I, okay. I, do, I research as best I can. I didn't oh, know that you go out and close clubs. Oh yeah, a couple of years ago, you know, the economy hit. Uh, it got it, whatever shrunk everywhere. It got. Uh, what is it? Absor- uh, Re- um, fuck. Resorbed. Fuck the, the economy that, was, that was a, having some resorption as well. Yes. I, that was an improv foul. We would have, I, I knew we you were a, trying to think of it. We would have had the lights on that one. Uh, they would have taken us out finally. I was really good at the end line in the improv <laughs> You scenes. were? I, I, that was my thing. Collecting all the information, yep. distilling it, and, and then some the sort out. of, geez, who would have thought Edgar Allan Poe was so Poe? Oh, my lights. God. <laughs> he wrapped up three things, ten things at once. 
Yep. <laughs> nope. That was a terrible example, but believe well, me, it used to happen. I get it. Yeah, yeah. What was the name? Of, what, where were your groups? Were you in uh, here, or what town did you grow uh, up, or I, do your business uh, in? What are you, kind? Come what on. What are you, kind, asking me? Clearly, I love talking about myself, what? and you're throwing it to you me. You should. Uh, I'm not sure our listeners know. I feel like you and I are pretty similar people. You're, say, you're, you're, I said our, <laughs> slowly. People wonder... <laughs> How did how did how did, how did it, Kegner, how did that third right come about slowly slowly over time? No one spoke up when David became the co-host. <laughs> Next People thing you like, know, huh? fucking uh, I uh, <laughs> Marin as a co-host. So where did you do your train? Where are you from? I I'm from Lexington, Massachusetts. Okay, o two one seven three, which was uh, a comedy hotbed. <laughs> it really was. Well, no, the, 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 the area well, Lexington. Boston. It's very nearby, right? Yes, it is. It's it's near Cambridge, which is near Boston. Shot heard around the world. That's right. Lexington. We lost that battle. Yeah, every year we lost. Oh. We reenacted re- oh, every that's year. Wonderful. That's a little local humor. Yeah, I see. Talking about making jokes right. and the freedom of that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at my Twitter, that's all it is. It's like if I think it. I'm going to tweet it because that's how my father was. My father was a ham, and I'm a son of a ham. Oh, that's awesome. Do you understand? So if my dad had had Twitter, he would have loved it. Oh, my gosh. So instead of just throwing a joke out to two kids on a road trip, I get to throw it to 20,000 people. Right. We're living in (laughs) utopia. I drooled a little bit. That was good. That's freedom. Uh, (laughs) Did he also also give the business to the waitresses when you do the family? Of course. That's awesome. Is this what your your family oh, yeah. was like as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad and wait wait staffs. I still to this day I inherited that from him. If you go to dinner with me, the waiter will walk away and I'll go. He doesn't like me, or I'll go. I think he likes. I got me. him. I got him. Right. We have bits. Audience. I. Yep. Oh, yep. You're so fucking right. There's this repressed performer in the hammy dad. Oh yeah. And all he gets is the waitress. Yeah. All he gets is it's the just waiter. One on one, which is more delightful, I guess, and it's more flattering to them actually. I think so. He chose. And one person, one. Yeah. and and it's a specific show just for them. But he does have bits. Yeah. These are my dad's bits. He goes, oh, "I'll have a cup of coffee." He thinks that's. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he'll and he'll say it several times, like his son, yeah. me, over and over until they get. He, I'm not from New York, and I'm saying coffee. Yeah, a cup of coffee. He calls uh, ketchup Irish gravy. Oh my gosh! He's like. <laughs> Give me some Irish gravy, and then they're like, and they okay. look great. Ketchup, yeah, it's ketchup. Oh, I love it. He, he says, I don't drink water, fish make love in it. That's back when he was drinking, which is a W.C. Fields line, which I didn't know. Which is what, fish make water? It was like, fish. he was like, give me like a martini. Yeah. Do you, want a, you want a water? And he goes, no, I don't drink water, fish make love in it. Ah. I've been hearing my dad say that my whole oh, life. Oh, that's awesome. He He's quoting W.C. Fields, yes. that's really. It's pretty good. That's great. I mean, if you're going to quote somebody, he also loves saying, keep in touch with yourself, like <laughs> instead of goodbye. That's his keep it crispy. That's my goodbye. And he goes, don't let your meatloaf. Oh, my God. Wow. These are, these a little are dirty. Yeah, he goes a little blue. I like it. Jay Holmes goes a little blue. Oh. Tell me your family's bits. I, this well, is, my this dad's is some good territory. Be, uh, <laughs> it, here's the sad thing is I do it. Mm. He will confuse your name. Yeah. Uh, Holmes, is that it? Is it Holmes? Yeah. Holmes, what is, Holmes you mean like where you, 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 your place you live? Ah, you know, you're like, wait a minute. Dad, it's corny. And I can't, I do it. That's you, great. Yeah. Your impression of your dad is similar to my impression of my dad, where I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why, why, he doesn't even really do that. I'm exaggerating You're it. You're giving him a rhythm. I'm giving him a rhythm. Yes. And he goes, and he always asks questions that he doesn't want the answers to. That's a thing to avoid as a dad. It's very annoying. Because we talk about wanting to listen, talk yeah. about ethics. Yep. Is that my dad will go, like, Peter, what, what, what's the population of Chicago? And I'm like, what? 
Also, if my dad had grown up in the age that we're growing up in now, like I don't think he'd ever have anything to say because he can Google everything. Wow, he just, he just wants it. me to be like, I don't know, Dad, thirty billion. It doesn't matter because he's not listening. He's looking out the window because he saw a blue jay. You know wow, I mean? he's gone. He just wants to keep you. Yeah. Well, here's what the, here's sadly what I did. What did I do when I came in? I did a Cecil Keckner bit. <laughs> Her name. She introduced herself as Katie. Yes, that's right. Fucking a man. Cecil and what Keckner. did I say? I call her Catherine all the time. Guess what's coming, folks? Yep, Chris High five. Clean. <laughs> not it's Katie funny. is shaking her head. Yes. She's nearly quitting the show. Yes, not if you want to. Here's a comedy tip for people in their lives. Yeah, not listening is almost always funny. I find that hilarious and committing to not listening a mistake. People will be like, oh, "I work over there at Bradley's." You work with a guy named Bradley? No, I work at Bradley's. How is Bradley? Like insisting. It's vaudeville, right? It's vaudeville. Right. It's, 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 it's in a, our marrow it's to a, laugh. It's an immediate that. game. It's an immediate game. That's what it it's, is. It's an improv, as you know. You've got to find yes. a game, and that one is always available. It's always available. Right. We just had Mad Besser on the show, and we talked about game, and I was excited to have you. It feels like the perfect time to have you on because you also studied with Delvin Close. Delvin. I just did it. Delvin. Delvin. I love it. Delvin. I love it. Del Close. Yes. Who. Uh, I told Matt I always resented he passed away right before I started studying in Chicago. Oh. So I got a lot of guys that were like, well, you'll never you'll never know. Oh. You know what I mean? So I always enjoy talking to people that studied with him just in case you had, you know, he throw a chair at you, he smoke pot with a cat. I don't right. know. They're all right. these classic stories. But you learned improv from Delco. Yes. Uh, well, the, you know, Sharna and a guy named John Harazal uh, was one of my favorites that I'd studied with. He doesn't teach there anymore. And then Del. What happened to John Harazal? He and Sharna got in a fight, I think, probably. Oh, really? But this is years ago. Sure. Or, or he moved on and got a better job. Or, you know, teaching sometimes gets to be a, it's. Yeah. You know, that's, that's part of what turned me off to the improv scene because we both went. I, I, I was an improv, improv Olympic when it was a thing. I think you were probably an improv Olympic when it was like an idea. Uh, I was with it when it was Battlestar Galactica, which, which for our listeners, our. <laughs> Your listeners, and then he I'll give them to back. Catherine. I'll give them back. Uh, no, Battlestar Galactic was a show that in this I, was it. The human race was going from planet to planet to planet, looking for a home again. Right? That Is was that it? The thing? I don't know. And that's the improv Olympic. It went from place to place. That's to place. what I heard. Yes. They used to but, perform in bars and stuff. Then she finally got her own place. Yep. Uh, was Wrigleyville, and then now where she is now. Wait, it's not in Wrigleyville anymore. Well, it is. It oh. was at the Wrigleyville Tap. Then she oh. moved to her current location, which apparently is going to be taken away from her as well because they're going to tear that whole block down and build up oh. condos and everything else. No. Yeah. Whatever. It, you can't. Nothing stays the same. I guess not. Except churches. I, yeah, that's the true. They, yeah, that's right. That's where all the ghosts hang out, you know, man. You'd love to preserve whatever, but that's her business. Yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. But so finally it, it, it kind of settled in. So I'd say I studied with Dell probably three years. Uh-huh. But as you know, too, the biggest uh, teacher was the stage. Yeah, of course. You get these ideas, but then you go apply them. If you're not applying right. them, it doesn't matter. Right. And the, the biggest thing I got from Dell was this is important. Yes. Comedy is important. Yeah. And all that other stuff gets filtered in one way or the other. I'm yeah. not necessarily that student that remembers everything this teacher said. Right. I think it affects my marrow, like we were just talking about. It gets in there. You yeah. remember that. And it gets in your cells, and you go, okay, I know how to do this effectively. It, it affects your marriage, did you say? Marrow. Oh, your marrow. You I'm sorry. I thought marrow you were mispronouncing earlier. marriage. It gets into your marrow. Yeah. That's what's such a delight to hang out with improvisers. I actually I adore improvisers uh-huh. because they're always ready to go. This is... This is nine, already 900 times longer than you and I have ever, ever talked. It's I true. wasn't nervous about this in, in the least. Oh, right. Because yeah, I was exactly. like, we're going to play around. Yes. And we're going to play. I don't have anything planned. We're yeah. just going to fucking it's play gonna around. Go. But you're right. I get the tingles when I hear that sort of stuff that comedy 
is important. There's something sacred about it. And there's something about taking focus, traditionally a serious thing, and applying it to comedy, traditionally a weird, wacky thing. Right. But I'm sure when you do like an absurd character or, or like some uh, weird uh, part in a movie, there's a lot of like serious focus that goes into that. We have to try and find the truth, right? Right. It depends oh, your- that's it. Kackner, Koshner, Koeschner, Koeschner. You know what you're doing. It's hard to find the truth, no matter where you're looking for it, in a laboratory Mm -hmm. or in a silly stand-up character. So you're trying to uncover something. Yeah, well, any characters I do usually come from someone I know. Like the no guy. Exactly. Yes. The guy I knew in high school, and he'd always go, no. And it was puzzling. He's like, what are you doing? Hey, you want to work for me tonight? No. (laughs) So are you serious? Are you making a joke? Are you making a joke? Hoping I'll take you serious. It's kind of like you want to have a three way with that girl. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. You know what I mean? Like backing away. How about just a two way, you and me? No. <laughs> right? He's like, so what is it? <laughs> that, that really reflects. I love getting heady and deep and ahead of myself with comedy. That reflects something about our own self censorship. Oh, yeah. That's what's beautiful. I think about people like Dell and any improv teacher that I've heard quoted worth their salt is trying to remove that filter. Yeah. We talk about making these jokes that we think of, we talk about tweets and, and being silly and having freedom. Right. There's a, there's a surgery that needs to be uh, performed on you because if you pay attention, there is a no in your voice all the fucking time right. and the way to get to some good jokes is to make a whole lot of bad ones i think yeah right so get the filter out of there be a ham sandwich and and you'll be better before Speak you know. authentically right yes so you moved to chicago you're in lexington where do you, do you go to school you go, <laughs> go to college i want to know we don't know each other we get, a, we get to know each other i love it i did i did improv in camp awesome that was that was How my old? first i was in uh i was probably like oh 14? Wow. 13, 14? And that was the first time that I was like, oh. Already a ham. Now you get stage time and you're good at it. I'm going to guess you were good, on it, good was, at it right I away. I was good right away. Yeah. I, 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 it's weird to say, but I don't feel like that kid anymore. So I'm kind of like, yeah, that kid was good at it right away. I'm sure if I could watch now, knowing what I know now, I'm like, I'm interrupting, I'm farting, I'm being stupid. But there was a purity to it. Probably. Well, the, yeah, the first part has to be the desire to be up there. Yeah. That's going to help. Yeah. I re- well, you go to my dad not listening to questions. I love my dad. He yeah. did a bang-up job raising me. Right. But I needed more. I wanted more people listening and hanging on what I was saying. So there was a need in me. So they were like, you can get up there and, and pretend. I was like, I'm doing scenes all day. Oh, yeah. Up here. I, can't, I, like, I remember I was fascinated with the idea of doing a scene about two cowboys riding off into the sunset. That's all I wanted to do. Always two-person scenes, low concept funny conversation to just see where they went i was never like a wacky tumble guy i just wanted to do two people scenes well that's and also it lends itself to what you eventually did with right stand up yeah losing that person yeah well because, it's true well you can't it's a it's a purer cut it really if, is if, if, if you're if i do improv now which is mm-hmm. very rarely i right. want to do two-person improv because i want to be in every scene i think that's a oh. flaw of mine um okay that's 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 up to you to decide if, <laughs> Because I think you you want you need that desire. You've got to the your one of your biggest jobs is editing. Number one's listening. Number two's editing. Yeah, right? yeah. Editing yourself. Editing your uh, editing the, the scene. scene. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't ever think it's a bad thing to want to be in everything unless you are in everything and you're not right. allowing any other thing right. to happen in the longer. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of right. course. So, yeah. You gotta you gotta know when to stand back and watch. But the the beautiful improvisers that I know that are just like these sharpshooters that are waiting for this perfect precise fillet callback. Right. I'm not those guys. I realize I wasn't those guys. I'm the big dumb animal you let off as 
leash and everyone laughs and it's great. But those guys that are like scientists right. that do it effortlessly, I have a lot of respect for those guys. Yeah, it takes every kind. You need a, t- yes. a group of guys that have a different role. Yep. Just it's like the a same comedia with, group. Right? Exactly. Yeah. An improv team is the same as a writer's room. When yeah. I've written for television, you, I'm the same way in a writer's room. Yeah. Big dumb animal. There you go. I'm not here to help the story. Right. I'm here to make this scene a, a little bit it's gonna funnier. It's going to be funnier. It's going to have some emotion to it. Right. It's going to have a psychological reason right. that it's happening. Now, someone who's, uh, let's say, headier right. might have one or two of those things. It's a bullet. Right. But yours is going to be a whole pillow that's going to smother them to yeah. death with laughter. I think that's a catch. Good, uh, catch. You call her catch now. She is only shaking her head, folks. Oh, she's Jesus. only she's just like shaking her head like we are are two old men. Yes. Yes, two old men that she need pay no mind. We're talking you. on a park bench, sharing a bag of popcorn, not giving any to the pigeons. <laughs> and she's just watching us being like, Those old folks don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Keep calling me Catherine. Uh, Sorry, Catherine. I, I, I love it and I need it. What was it? What were we? Oh. Stage time and being on stage. Oh, and, and, yeah. And then improv. And, yeah, this is wonderful. And I'll so, let you do this for a long time, but I need you to tell me now when okay. you started doing improv because right, I, I told well, you. Real quick. So yeah. then you, you go to college? I did go to college and I started. Uh, well, I was one of the founding members of our improv team, which is called Sweaty Toothed Mad Men. Nice. Do you get the reference? Where is that? Don't feel threatened to get it. So it's in my, my college was yeah. Gordon College. It was a religious school. Really? Not in the way that, uh, I say this every time, not in the way that like Harvard or Holy Cross or like religious schools. Harvard was originally a, a religious uh-huh. school because it was around in the 1600s. But like uh, this is a modern day, you go to church three times a week, oh boy, Bible okay. class sort yeah, of yeah. thing. So we started doing improv and it, it, like, saved me. It, like, made me. I was like, oh. And, and I think it saved the kids a little bit. There was, like, an, the kids. There was a need for entertainment. Right. And there was a lot of self-censorship. There was a lot of – that's what uh, faith did for me, unfortunately. I don't think that's necessarily what we should have it do to right. us. But that filter that was telling me not to say, think, or feel things was only getting enforced by my study of uh-huh. of Scripture, whoever right. was teaching me. Right. I think wrongly, probably. Of uh, course. So the filter was getting thicker and thicker, and then improv started to counteract that. And I was like, I'm going to go up, and I'm going to I'm going to play an angry guy, or I'm going to play a horny guy, or right. I'm going to I'm going to swear, and which meant like bastard, by yeah, the way. That's a really was a huge risque move. Wow. So that that started so to kind of the name of the, up. Uh, the group again. Sweaty toothed madmen. Sweaty tooth madmen. I won't spend a lot of time. The first thing that comes to mind was, uh, didn't Jacob Marley have a toothache in uh, <laughs> Christmas Carol? Sweaty tooth madmen. Yeah, mad that's men. not bad. Uh, uh, shit, the Russian. Russian? Uh, the, the, the Russian sub... Um, shoot, Svengali. Yeah, um, um, gosh darn it. He had his, his a hold over Nicholas II. <laughs> oh, Catherine. Can I give you a hint? Yes. Robin Williams. Oh! No, That's who it was? No, 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 no. He's in a scene in a movie where someone says "sweaty tooth madman" to him, and it's Is one it of Robin's. Adams? No, good guess. You know, I was thinking. I think about that movie all the time. I was like, "Did that work? Is there a friendly hospital I can go to?" Oh, nice. Hmm. Uh, Ethan Hawke and Dead Poet Society. Oh, I never saw it. Really? Yeah, it's a class. It. Yeah. It's a well, class. I think I was a little older, and uh, yep. it didn't appeal to me. I get it because it was like about someone prep school boys. Y- someday I'll be doing a, po- a podcast. They'll be like, "You didn't see Twilight too?" Or and I'm no, like, "I just no, I didn't do. care." I'm, right, right. I'm at the age where you don't care. Yeah. Then I'll start caring again. Yeah. Later about better films, uh, the things I wish I had seen and read. Yeah. I thought yes. to myself the other day, uh, I don't think my oldest boy has read Lord of the Flies. I'm, I'm positive he hasn't. Yep. Yep. A- and he's already in seventh grade. And I thought. That was probably a fifth or sixth grade book, right? I, you know what? I think I read that. I'm going to embarrass myself here. I read that freshman year of high school. Okay. Well, that's yeah. as long as you read it. But I just, did, just I that, did read it. That 
piece of information of who's got the conch, right? Yep. Something or Peggy. Right. Yeah. Get Peggy. I mean, how many times do people say it's going to turn into like Lord of the Flies here right. and your son's going to be like... Did I say Lord of the Rings? I did say Lord of the Flies, right? I think he said flies. Okay, good. And even if he said rings, no one then thought he meant rings. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, one, no one thought you read that trilogy. You know what I realized is I never said... People hate this. I was bringing up Letterman and fame. Where are we now? Uh, we are finding out how of, you of became famous and why you went to... We never got to... Oh, you were studying Del Close and then you... Okay, yes. So here it is in a nutshell. I started doing improv for the, for the, for the Christian folk. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I was like this is what I'm going to do. Right. This is absolutely what I'm going to do. I'm going to do improv. And I had, I had phoned in everything up until that point. I'd sold myself out. I did pretty good in high school. Right. And I went to a school that I, I wasn't challenging, really, mm-hmm. for me. It was a great move because it was so uh, non-academically challenging that I was able to focus on comedy. It was also so religious that I wasn't fucking and drinking and doing drugs. I only focused on comedy. So there was this incubation period that That's I great. remain grateful for. Yep. I'm also still interested in spiritual things, so I'm grateful for that. I got to study abroad in Israel. You know what I mean? Just good stuff. I mean, that that area of my faith disintegrated and changed and evolved, as right. I think it ought to. Yeah. But that that uh, practically helped me focus on comedy, which I was grateful for. But then when I graduated, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to take it serious now. And, that was, and you spoke at your graduation. But folks, <laughs> this is part of the speech. <laughs> he delivered at uh, graduation. And I said, fuck this. <laughs> I perform there from time to time. And I have to do uh, all this old material that I don't do anymore because it's got to be clean. Oh, wow. And I always fantasize at the end just going like, thanks so fucking much, guys. God fucking bless you. You know, like positive yes. things, but yes. just with a fuck word in there. Right. Why not? And then I moved to Chicago and then I studied – I tried to study at I.O., but it was too it took too long to get on stage. It was killing me. I was like level three, level four. I was like, Can I be on a team now? Right. They don't need another tall white guy that's funny. Get yeah. the fuck out of the way. I was We're on looking for three girls. Weeks. Yep. What's that? I was on within three weeks. On See? St- yep. That's yep. what the playground was. Yeah. Did you oh, ever hear okay, the, huh? the playground uh, yeah. would put you on stage right away. Yeah. And does I believe Jim, they still will if you're in Chicago. Does Jimmy Crane work with them? Mm. I'm not sure. Well, that's the know. thing. You've got to, you've got to find a stage. So you were able to find the stage. Yep. And you know. And that, then that's what that's all I needed. That's what I know. That's what I knew. I was like, just get me in front of people. The, all the principles are there. Right. You. It's like I was just talking to somebody. I'm always talking about how comedy is like sex, and it is. <laughs> I'm agreeing with myself. I love it. You can break it down. And you, we were just, I was just having this conversation at, um, where was I? Portland. We did a comedy fest. They're talking about the, the science of comedy mm-hmm. and how it's a violation, but uh, you have to violate some sort of social code. But it has to be benign, meaning it can't be too harsh. You can't be too mean. Anyway, see, I, I can see you rolling your eyes already in the sense that, like, that, that might be true, but I don't think that's going to shave too many of the hours that you need to put on stage because there's a pheromone and, fucking thing happening. Right. There's a rhythm, and, it, and, it, and it's, like I said, it's sexual that can't be quantified. You, you can break down lovemaking right. and be like a dick got hard with blood in it and yep. a pussy, whatever. Yep. I don't want to be too crude, but I'm just saying. And then they, but you can't explain the smells and the look and what was it about them intellectually that made you like them and what got you off, like deep in the recesses of your subconscious, some move, some thing, right. whatever it was. Like, and I feel similarly about comedy. When I someone takes the stage, uh, we're, it's not that we're necessarily literally smelling them, but I think we are smelling, tasting, touching, assessing right. this guy reminds me of these 500 different things these 500 different things and we either uh, the crowd either allows us to fuck them or they fuck us nice <laughs> nice and it's usually our choice yeah it is it's isn't it choice. isn't uh, it i think so mm. i i really do sometimes i mean cuz that's uh, you've got a whole crowd you you know they can't all be against you yeah i really believe half of it is just 
be That's confident and find your light. I really find your light. Yeah, I just did a show where literally people weren't finding their light. Literally, yeah, at this big theater, and I was like, everyone's standing in the shadow. But you're saying find your light, find the people that are with you. Well, I actually meant literally find the light. Oh no, I did because if I you can't you be seen, well, yes. no, but that you 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 took That's it. That's funny. When I saw you place. live, yes. When I saw you live, you said, "Let me find my light." Am well, I in the light? You you brought the in audience room, in on that. No one could be seen. I know, right? Yeah, because I was sitting there the whole time, like, ah, oh, move back, move back. I have a foot. Is it back there or is it? Find your light, by the way, for the li- for our listeners, yes. means literally uh, so your face is in the light. Yep. And that happens a lot. This is an amateur move. Uh, yep. People will go up and perform in the in the darker part of the stage, and you wouldn't think that would be a concern, but it happens more than you think. It's huge. Plus, then they'll just they'll bail out immediately. Oh, you didn't like that? They'll comment uh, on what they're doing, and then it's over. You know what that doesn't sound like to me? Freedom. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like freedom. I guess it could be authentic. No. It, it, it could be authentic, but you're right. Even if you do something up top that's horrible. So what? Indefensible. Yeah, I think there's comedy in pointing out that you did something horrible and indefensible. Even like just embracing it, being like, wasn't that? Isn't that an improv thing? That is because you acknowledge the acknowledge buffalo. the mistake. A mistake just happened. We all saw it. Let's let's find. That I thing. say it all the time. Yeah. I did Doug Loves Movies, which is a podcast, mm-hmm. and the, we, you know they read names. And two of the names were like aggressively Asian, we'll mm-hmm. say. So they were like, you know, consonants and sounds that we don't normally have. And then it was like, and Jeff Goldblum. Uh-huh. And I said, to, so there were three names. Two were like really, uh, I think they were Taiwanese or something or, uh-huh. or Thai maybe. And Jeff Goldblum. And I go, so you get two sound effects and Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> right? Now that is kind of offensive. Well, It's a joke that my father would certainly make. Yeah. And that's where it's coming from. And I don't mean anything bad by no. it. I just mean like you poor thing, you don't even recognize those as names. And then the crowd backed off a little bit. Really? In an okay way. And I said, you ever offend yourself? And then they were back. Yeah. Because we do offend ourselves. Of course. You have fucked up bad thoughts all, all the time. All day long. I'm a nice guy. Right. And there are people that I see and I'm like, I'd like to attack that yes. woman sexually. They, or, oh, of course. Or whatever it is. That's what, that's, that, that propagates a species. That's that, a, that, exactly. That's for the biology But, that, but show. that's a bad thought. Right. Or, or you see someone and you're like, I've been on trains and I'm like, something about the back of this guy's head. I just fucking hate him. <laughs> like, there's no, he hasn't done anything. I just no, hate the shape of his like head. Yeah, bad yeah. thought. Nice guy. Bad thought thought why are we when did it get to the point where show show people are supposed to pretend like we're perfect or infallible i think our, our job is the opposite we're supposed to point all out right that's why when louis talks about uh call, calling a barista in his head uh, the n-word uh-huh. i think he has a bit where he goes and i don't have the balls to say it's not my bit it's not my it's not my jam is that something that's in common parlance these <laughs> no, days i don't know oh it's not my jam man oh that's awesome he gave him the coffee and he, and he said and he says the word, but he goes, that N-word make me a really fucking great cup of coffee. And I was like, yeah, yeah. people, your brain doesn't care what's appropriate or right. It's lobbing me stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. You see a child that you just want to punch in the face. I'm a good person. Right. Two things. Contradictory. Good person. Yep. Nice person. Have me over for dinner. Two, sometimes I see a kid and I want to punch him yeah. in the nose. There you go. Input, and you know what? The perverse. If you feel that way, he might deserve it. Yes, right? And he or, just go, hey, I just gave you a, uh, did you a favor, kid. Right. Your life's now going to be better because that's a boundary and you crossed it. Yeah. I, well, that's what the other Let thing. We were talking about parenting earlier. Yeah. Boundaries are the other things that mm. parents don't realize. What That's what kids crave because that gives them safety. Yeah. When you know you can't do this or that, when there yep. are rules yep. and they don't bend and yep. they don't yield, yep. they're there for a reason. I'm not talking about some ridiculous rule. but Yes. 
you know, uh, whether it's brush your teeth, go to bed on time, yep. do your homework, yep. things like that, and there's a consequence if you don't, that's a boundary that makes them feel and safe. it feels like love. Right. And exactly. Because it, like it makes them think you care enough And you about care, them. and you're listening, and then you're monitoring if they do, if they do the thing that you said to do. You're Did you brush your teeth? The brush is dry. Ha! It sounds like, it sounds like you're giving them shit, but really, I think you're giving them love. Of course. Every the, the the concept of the cool dad or the cool uh-uh. mom that's gone. No, yeah. My dad didn't buy me beer, or no. I you know I wanted him to buy me pornography. That's true, uh, and he said he would, but then I think my mom talked him out of it. Uh, but you know, like I don't want cool parents. No, I don't even want to be a cool no, parent. You want you want you know what dis- the word discipline means to make a disciple of. Oh, right, yeah, and so that's what you want is a yes. good disciple, and I don't mean a catatonic follower, right, but a person that well, understands that... and respects himself and the others around, yeah, him or her. Oh, uh, you're right, man. I think as adults, though, rules and stuff like that give us comfort. I think maybe that's why sports are so delightful. Of course, why playing cards is so delightful. Why do people get so bent out of shape if someone like breaks a rule in a poker game? I think it's because it's a violation you're of right. life. You're like you're fucking up. My anxiety reducing rule love. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way, but that's you're right. That does give you comfort because yeah. it's about the play. Yep. It's about the play. If you're on an airplane and you don't turn your iPad off and they said to turn your iPads off, we'll marshal ourselves. Yeah. People will be like, You gotta turn that off. Right. Even though in the back of your mind you're and this has come up on the show before, but even in the back of your mind you're like, I don't know if that really matters. Of course it doesn't. But it does in the play of airline safety. In the illusion that we're all going to participate in, right. that air, air travel is, is perfectly normal, right. even though, as Louis says, we have no business being up there. Is that right? That's interesting. <laughs> it has a bit about that, I, I'm pretty sure. Or somebody oh, does. We have no business being up there. That's so true. Yeah. Well, so raising the kids, do you have any like weird, uh, not weird, weird in the way that the show is weird, weird in the way that I like? Yes. Uh, I'm drinking alkaline water, uh, and I like being weird. Um, I know a lot of like progressive uh, children rearing techniques. Right. For example, I don't remember what it's called, but like if a kid uh, wants to put his finger in a light socket, you cover the light socket and you, you don't like yell at them or anything. You treat them like little adults is basically right. what it is. And you just say, I'm not offering this to you. Oh my. You know what I mean? It's very LA. Oh boy. It's very LA. And, and you, I'm not and, offering this yeah, to you. You basically, it's actually kind of an improv principle. You speak to them as if they're as intelligent as you are, which they're not. Which was, But but you're right. That the That's what Dell said. Treat your audience like yep. poets and artists and they have a chance to become them oh my god you just gave me the tingles i love that stuff <laughs> it's a great it's a because good one. we keep Why? schlocking yeah. schlock and then the schlockheads schlock it up right and then we're like these fucking schlockheads you made them schlock exactly you can make the crowd hecklers this is like what we were saying two seconds ago you can make them hecklers or you can make them angels yep you can yep. you absolutely yep. can and you've got to think they're as good as i am and they're going to get everything i do and if they don't that means i wasn't able to communicate it effectively yeah so it's there's on me a, again there's so. a combination to the safe yeah there have been when i get off the stage and if i didn't do well or even if I did well but not well enough. And I don't beat myself up too much. I mean, you can yeah. probably tell that about me. I, I enjoy my own work. Nice. So you get off stage and you didn't do well. People are like, yeah, but this crowd's drunk. It's late. They, and I'm like, there's a combination. Right. There's something. Right. I've seen Brody Stevens get off stage and get in the crowd and drum on people's tables. Sometimes that's exactly what was needed. There you go. And, it's, and it sucks when you couldn't crack the code. Yes. And it may be that you did not give it focus beforehand because if you know – like if you had to judge that late night Friday night show, right? The yep. second show Friday. Yeah, the and you worst. already go, it's going to be the worst yep. because they're tired. They've worked all week. They started drinking early. Yep. And now they're lost focus. Well, then – 
I guess it's your job to bring more focus to it. Yep. And what's it going to take? It might not yep. be your normal act. Maybe you have to do something completely yep. different to make Call them stretch. Call an audible. But it's the parent thing. Yes. It goes back to your parenting strategy. That's yeah. how you're, you're kind of parenting the crowd in a sense. You're right. If you want to get up there and say it's late Friday – my favorite Steve Martin quote, why do you quit stand-up? He said, late Friday. I've heard that it's one. Yeah. Of my, isn't that great? Yeah. Late Friday is typically very difficult. Right. I just did a late Friday, uh, and you have to go up with this almost openness. My weird hippie friends like uh, Duncan, Duncan Trussell, who did uh-huh. the show, talks about your love chakra. I, I don't care if you believe in it or anything, but he talks about having an open one. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Well, but, everyone should. I mean, it's a little bit lower, I think. Is it lower? I think uh, you're, you're trying, trying to get me to touch my dick. I'm, 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 I have my hand on his penis. <laughs> He has two, folks. I see. I have the both in my hand. But it's a, it, you know what it is? It, my interpretation of uh, love chakra or whatever is an openness, a type yep. of energy that you can manufacture. It, it's in your face. It's in, it's in your posture. It's in the tone of your voice. And, and you can try and go up in a way that's like, I'm accepting what you're giving me, and I'm going to give you stuff based on what you're giving me. And I'm kind of kind of look to, for a way to bless this whole thing wow, that's and be great. open to it. That's great. As opposed to going up close. Yep. Let's not even say love shot. Then you're just going to hit them with your closed fist. Yep. You're right. You're, that's a perfect way of thinking about the it. The Bible would say a hard heart or a soft heart. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The Pharaoh uh, Pharaoh was always hardening his heart, yes. not listening right. to Moses. So I want to go up on a late Friday. And as I'm saying this, I'm fully aware that a hundred times if I've done it once, I've gone up and said, fuck this late stupid crowd. They're goddamn dummies and I want to light them on fire. Right. You know what I mean? So don't think that I can do this all the time. Well, no, best intentions. Best but. intentions. There's some, but there, I'm interested in the psychology of the performer before he goes on stage. If you try and take a moment and say, "I'd like this to go well," it, it, it's it's weird. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, setting intentions, setting intentions for this interview. Right. I was like, I'd like to make David laugh. I'd like to make him feel welcome. I'd like to make him sound smart. That, that's what I'm thinking about. Something on the ride counter over. to what people yeah. think of him in the first place. I'd like to redefine his image. And you're right. You're right. <laughs> if you don't have a goal, you're not going to reach one. Absolutely. So you hit what you aim for. They say. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it, man. That, that's a cliche, but it's fucking it's true. true. It's true. Yep. And you know the origin, the origin of the word sin is to be uh, off the mark or miss the mark. It's is not, that right? Yeah, it's not this shameful thing that they've made it into. It means you you need to try again. Yes. Try what? better. Aim aim. Your aim was not true. Rather than you're a bad person. Right. You is, you did hit a bullseye. The evil bullseye. Yeah. You're you're nailing it in evil. Right. You're fucking up. Is this something you teach your kids? When good, right and wrong is a tricky thing. It comes up a lot on the show. Right and wrong being kind of. You know, it's subjective, are, right? It's subjective. It's it could a human be subjective thing. to that family, and yeah, we try to be an op- as open as possible regarding almost everything. I mean, my wife and I will. There are no rules as to what you can and cannot discuss. Okay, there are no taboo subjects. That's great. Yeah. Ah. So that when things come up, they're not afraid to talk but about what's it, weird, whatever it is. We didn't even talk. Our, right. My family didn't have discussions because we still don't. I went to di- again. I love my family. One on one, we nail it. As a family, we've never had a conversation. I There's probably, never been a like a. Yeah. Listen to your brother. He's making a good point. Okay, mom. Thanks right. for moderating. Dad chimes in, and then we all go, well, we learned about the French Revolution, <laughs> didn't we? Like, that's never happened. We've stewed and secretly, like, been stoned inside. When do I get out of here? Right. Yeah. So uh, you're having family discussions. We try. Good for fucking you, man. At, I love it. At their age, the thing is, you know, also their feelings and uh, validating 
It's not about me validating their feelings. Yes. It's about them validating their feelings. Huh. It's different if I say I'm proud of you. What's more important is that they are proud of themselves. Yeah. Right? Because then they get it. That's but, great. Because if you're living for me to say I'm proud of you. Right. You're, now, we're, what are we doing? You. We're setting up a system yep. where they believe that love is a grown man or this authority figure saying you did a good job. Yeah. When really we should be validating ourselves. Yes. Great New Yorker cartoon, clown hand. It's Leo Cullum. I believe clown handing a child a balloon and the clown says but remember you're responsible for your own happiness <laughs> it's great the kid loves the balloon loves the clown but have your own balloon inside child that's what I say uh, yeah I love it yeah validating themselves because that's a tricky thing it is I learned to equate love from my family as being given things almost sure and that and that can be a tricky thing I oh think- that can be bad you mean like uh, like love, toys or gifts or- love meant gifts love meant uh I don't know. I think with my mom, love meant time. Oh, that, you know that, what I mean? that's the truth, though. Yeah, time, that is, is, that, time my, is love. My mom nailed it. If, if, if I give you my face, yes. like I'm talking about you, yeah, my face kids, time. whatever, yep. that's the attachment. That's what it is. Because they, they don't want to, guys want to be busy all the time. Yep. So if I'm with the kids, I don't know, what are we going to do? Well, let's go ride bikes. Let's play basketball. Let's play baseball. I'm going to teach you how to catch a ball. Right. Well, that, all, they might just want to sit there and sit next to me watching television yeah. or something like that. Or, you know what? My, my youngest son's favorite thing is just building Legos together. That's, that's really important it's fucking great right. that you know that well yeah. i'm really that's so <laughs> great look i don't, I don't do I it don't uh, <laughs> i don't again i'm sorry i just have to apologize i think my parents did a great job sure. with what they knew right exactly. when i think about them i'm just like that was a long time ago they were just they were in their 30s trying to figure it out oh. and there wasn't all this theory and and you know i don't even know if there was time or my dad barely had uh, parents. They passed away when he was pretty young. Wow. So, like, he did a great job. I yeah. just like to let yeah. my dad off the hook. But, like, I when I hear a man, you, a father, saying things like, this one uh-huh. knows uh, he likes to play Legos with me quietly, and this one wants to play catch, and this one likes to just be quiet, watch a movie, or whatever it is, right. knowing that just right. kind of fills me right. with love. And I love that. My oldest daughter will often quiz me about her favorites. Color. <laughs> And she will let me know because it, it changes too, which is not fair. <laughs> well, that is the feeling of being a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, what's my favorite color? Yep. And the fact that you know, right? You know, uh, no, I don't. I don't. I, I'm reluctant to tell the story, but I say it in the in, a, in the hopes that I think it's helpful. Yeah. My dad one time filled out a baseball card for me, a fake baseball. It's me on the card, and he wrote that I batted right, and I bat left, uh, and I thought that was like a really big deal because well, like Babe Ruth and all these guys. Yeah. I, I don't know Babe Ruth. All these great and I and but I'm here to say to the dads listening and to you as a dad that that shit is hurtful. Yes, I mean, it is hurtful. <laughs> he felt terrible. Yeah, of he course. felt ter- and it was printed already, you oh, know what boy. I mean? It's like, oh, okay, I'll burn this. I guess he could have lied and said that they they screwed they up. They screwed some. it up. That actually could have been better. Yeah. I but I mean, I don't know what's better. Yeah. It could have been better. Maybe that would have been better. I, but again, I don't harbor that towards my dad. I say that in a vulnerable example of how much kids want to be listened to. Well, that's true. It's true. Yeah. It's very important. I mean, that's probably – that's like that. The foundation the of that is, is the listening. Thing. 
if you listen to them, they're going to give you the keys to what's going on with yeah. them, too. It's yeah. so hard to do as an adult because we're so busy and we have our agenda. Yeah. Well, my agenda is to get you to bed so maybe I can watch the news yeah. before I collapse or whatever. Or it learn is. your lines or, for crying yes. out loud for like a thing. How do you explain that? You're like, I have, I know that I know show business sure. is silly, but yeah. also show business is serious. Right. And a lot of people are going to see. They don't know that we actually do have a lot of work to do. Yeah. God, I hate learning lines. It's the it's, worst. Yeah. How much improvising did you do on the Anchorman film? Well, we would always shoot every scene at least three or four times when we had it. Have you met Adam McKay? I've met him in passing. It's his birthday today, so uh, uh, April 17th, happy birthday, Adam McKay. Uh, one of the most brilliant guys ever. I know, I what, know. You I, love, I love the deleted scenes where he's feeding lines to Will. Oh, like, yes. like, I, I, not to take away, every, no, 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 everybody no, no. knows Will Ferrell yes, is a yes, fucking yes, yes, genius yes. too, but it, it, off screen going yes. like, blah, 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 and then Will says it, and Will laughs, and everyone laughs, yep. and that fucking uh, what is it, environment yes. of support. That's and exactly, to make everyone laugh. exactly who McKay is. Yes. He's magnanimous. Yes. He and Will wrote it, but they encouraged improv- improvising. But we would shoot it three or four times, and then he would, so we came up with a phrase, he'd say, let's let the squirrel out of the bag. And <laughs> a lot of times you're just doing a hybrid. You're doing half a line that's written, and right. maybe you add, uh, change the ending. Or often McKay would just throw something out. Yes. Like there, there's a line in there that, uh, of Anchorman, I shit a squirrel. That's what McKay threw out. Uh, try I shoot a squirrel. Yeah. And then I took I shoot a squirrel and then added some other stuff to it. Yes. So he, you know, he's And then Carell so goes, clever. I ate your chocolate squirrel. I ate your, exactly. And that was he's a gift. A listener. He listened. Yep. McKay gave a gift. Yep. You didn't only just accept it, you yes handed it. Right. And then fucking Carell, sharpshooting in a, I'm going to stop swearing so much. I love swearing. Sharpshooting in a cornfield brings it home. Yep. And now how many tens of thousands of uh, college teens yell that at you in airports? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I love I that cool. idea. Yep. What, what's happening with two? We're doing two uh, now. We are doing Not two. Not to make this a typical talk show. No, I want to talk fine. about God and what happens when we die. But Anchorman <laughs> 2 as well. Anchorman 2, we're going to start shooting next year, either January or February. And, uh, Fucking they exciting. Are, yeah, yeah. They're going to be writing the script this year, Adam, Adam and Will, and Will uh-huh. yeah, Adam so, and Will. We 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 may have gotten together the other day. Uh, oh, and little so unofficial little scoop here. It was it was good. <laughs> it was just great to see everybody. And oh uh, God, you have no idea. I can't imagine. What I it's do like. have an idea because you, it, you know here's the thing too. Because uh, I st- I spoke to uh, Paul and Adam, uh, Paul and Will and Steve about it. Because that's all I get asked about. Right is what was Anchorman like? Yeah, here and, I am and, falling in. No, 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 no. Well, why I didn't you? feel judged. I no, didn't no, feel no. Judged. Because yes. it, the the best part was they get the same thing too. Yeah. No matter what they're doing, right? And they've That's done the stick. You're they've headlined by. big pictures right. on their own. Right, they right, still right. want to talk about right. Anchorman, which is right, amazing. Right, right, right. I've had guys my age tell me, you know what? I think I've seen that thing two hundred times. Right. Yeah, I and think I have too. Right? Can I ask you? The yes. show is called "You Made It Weird." I love it. I was hoping it was going to get weirder. I know we got. Well, we'll I wrote down. Weird. You emailed me. You were like, "Let's do the weirdest episode." Yeah. Oh, we've done fucking. I love. Ah, oh, you're great. Anyway, I just find you to be a delight. Anyway, we've done a great episode already. Right. If it ended okay. now, it's great. But we can get weirder. Okay. Here's a weird question yes. for you that you won't hear from other people. Other people, what's what Angerman too? Here's one. Have you heard of the phenomenon that I've run into time and time again? That the first time you see Anchorman, I know a lot of people that didn't like it. I know. That. I'm one of them. I, I watched it and I hated it. Mm-hmm. It's one of my all-time favorite right. movies right. that I would say I've not 200 times. That's my There Will Be Blood, but I've seen Anchorman probably 50 times if I've right. seen it once. Do you right. understand? I love it. Yes. There's no part that I would change. First time I saw it, I'll give you an example of how I didn't like it. Right. I remember thinking just just the wrong way to watch this movie. I go, I don't get it. Is he dumb or smart? 
Right. Because it didn't matter. Right. Will Ferrell, Ron Burgundy's status would change depending on the joke. In, in uh, the Sex Panther scene, uh-huh. he's smarter than Paul Rudd. Right. And in other scenes, he's as dumb as a bag of rocks. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and then I don't know why I was critiquing it and looking at it like a comedian. Because well, you are I, a comedian. You don't really I, have a choice. But then I let it go. It's never bothered me again. Since. Right. Since. And I, I, I can't even relate to the guy that was bothered by that. I, I, uh, I understand that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But you have run into people that didn't oh, like it and say, then loved it. I would say, by and large, everyone's reaction was like that. It's few and far between <laughs> that I. Is that? I, so it's weird. few and far between that people say that they la- they were the loudest person laughing in the theater. Yes, uh, because the movie only did eighty four million in the theater. Really, and that summer there were other comedies like Dodgeball did one hundred and twenty million or something like that. Get out of and town. That was our original opening day, and then we thought, oh, had we opened earlier in the summer, we'd have done better. Blah blah blah. But it's a satire, right? And it's a it is a broad comedy, but it is. A very smart comedy parading as if it's not. Uh-huh. And that's what's confusing to people. Plus, there's Almost not... like the character of Ron Burgundy. That was exactly. my problem with him. I was like, he's smart and he's parading as stupid. It's a very smart picture. And they, everyone wants to insist it's a dumb, broad comedy. Yeah. It has those elements, but it's not just that. Yeah. And so it's a satire. It doesn't have a traditional plot. Yep. And it doesn't have a traditional love story. No. The love story, as I've thought about it <laughs> through the years, it's really about a male experience. Because the male is threatened by the female Intrinsically, anyway, uh-huh, because uh-huh. she has the means of production. She uh-huh. really does. Without the woman, we don't Vagina survive. Vagina envy. We, well, it's ovary. Right? Ovary envy. Because if we don't, if we, without her, we, the species doesn't survive. Right. She's the magical door that we all exactly. came out of. There only has to be one of us. And the man is just some sad little seed machine. And I believe part of our entire existence as males is trying to figure out what our purpose is. Yeah. So what we've done for all these years is we've dominated and, <clears throat> and marginalized women for the last 600 years. And started wars exactly. and punched each well, other. For years, we put women to death. For Men used to put women to death. The witch hunts. Oh, yeah, sure. Spanish Inquisition. That's a big part of that. Everything they do to marginalize and control women because of our misunderstanding or misinterpretation of our role with that other person. Right, right. right. And mostly because a woman's uh, charge is to dominate the male and make him stay and tend to the children and make sure that ensure the survival of the species. Yes. And the male doesn't know how to deal with it. And so we we have this resentment (laughs) to it. That we know that's our responsibility, but... The and the na- simultaneous desire to be with them. Yes. The sex drive and yes. all that stuff. Yes. I'm, as you're saying this, I'm seeing Ron Burgundy and... and all of and, that and is an anchorman. It is an anchorman. <laughs> I agree with you. He, he he sees her and he falls in love with her. And he's threatened by and her. And he's threatened yeah. by her. And then he's very threatened by her when she comes into the show. And the, all the men are threatened by her. Yes. And diversity is an old, old wooden ship. And, yes. I'm sorry. It's an old wooden ship. <laughs> yeah. And all that's really packed in there. Right. With, and I don't even know. Uh, that's just kind of like, I don't know if that was the intention, but that's what came out. Yes. That's what was written. Yes. Uh, it's also about the male experience, how they bond. Yep. Uh, on a very- Corningstone you know, and Burgundy. Right, no, the, ma- the males. Oh, the men. How the males bond. And yep. there's a lead male. And what is what's the, the role alpha. of the other? What's the role of the other males when the lead male's gone? Now yeah. what? What do yeah. we do with ourselves? Right. And there's it's all about not being here. It's about drinking and 
all these other things. Yeah. And part, you know, yeah. right? Partying and being with, obviously trying to dominate women, all that stuff. So yeah. all that's in there, that's why it gets richer and richer and richer because it becomes a greater and greater satire the more you watch it because it's really right. reflective of the human experience. And yeah. listen, I mean, it's a rare picture because across the board, everywhere, if it's a 14-year-old boy or a 65-year-old you know, grandfather, yeah. they will, I'll see them in airports. They both love the movie. Yeah. So oh, I think you're right. Yeah. And I think it doesn't matter if you know that's happening. I think you don't. You don't need to know that it's, it's happening. It's but in, all the great stories, Star Wars, for example, being like a very typical hero story, the sacrifice, yep. the father, the death, you know, it, it's Christ all over again. And then like Sopranos, which is one of my favorite things oh, of all time, oh, is it. also, in, in my understanding, the whole series is about mothers. Mm-hmm. The whole story yep. is, is about Absolutely. getting kicked out of a vagina mm-hmm. and then wanting to get back into it your whole life. Right. The first scene in The Sopranos is he's looking up at Melfi's statue, which is like a woman. The mm-hmm. first shot is we dissolve into a woman, uh, the statue, which looks very maternal and very like birth canally. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later in the, in the series, Tony takes peyote and he says, it feels like I got off a bus and I've spent the whole, my whole life trying to get back on the bus. Wow. Wanting that love, wanting that acceptance, wanting that union with the magical elevator, the vagina that we all took, got out or of. Or that bond with the, the thing that... You came from, or that right? Yes. Meanwhile, what is he doing? He's at a strip club ninety nine percent of the time, and he has fifteen affairs and stuff. It's just a sad guy yeah. trying to fucking get in touch with something cosmically true. Yep. And I know I don't give a shit if people think this is too lofty to say that about Anchorman, but there's something happening. Oh, there's no. You're all men, men children. Yes. You're man children. Yep. You're baby boys. Yep. Turning Stone's the only one that's like, what is your problem? Uh-huh. Take care of the children. Yes. The future is here. Right. Plan for winter, mm-hmm. and you guys. Guys just want to keep eating red candles and guess it's red candles and go. What's my job? What's my job? I'll tell you what my job is because men are more logical, right? We're, dri- right. we're not driven by our, our chakras as, right. as much, right? We, listen we to have our, reason and yes. cold facts. That's why they talk about women's intuition because they're, they're you know I, I agree in touch with it where men are probably not because you know the intuition might say don't go. Too near that woolly mammoth, right? You're going to die, right? But his thing is like I gots to get me some meat. That's right. So he has to act against it. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. Fuck and it. that's all in Anchorman. <laughs> Anchorman 2 is going to tackle the Oedipus complex. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get in touch with all of this. Do we have any... We can't have any uh, tidbits about what it's about. Is it? In I don't same, know yet. Well, I know, know I know some things, but I'm not going to say anything until, yeah. until Adam uh, gets out in front of it and decides what could be disseminated. Because, you know, these days it's all... Yep. You say one thing and it's, yep. going, it's going to be spread across and, and as rightly it should that's the way right. that's the people world we're excited about it oh yeah people get real excited about it people it's, yell champ at you a lot oh yeah 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 and say yell say whammy and all that stuff so uh, mckay said it a long time ago he said i hope you uh hope you don't mind people saying whammy to you the rest of your life and i was like oh, yeah no, no, would i but they weren't gonna make it you guys no, open badly you open right poorly mm-hmm. 80 million sounds like right. a lot of money to me but uh, as a movie goes, that's bad. Right. They want more. They Dodgeball, could... which nobody... I mean, look, I like Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. I threw up a little in my mouth, et cetera. Right. There's a... Oh, what is the best line in Dodgeball? I can't remember. There's one... Oh, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. I'm just trying to point sure. out that it's kind it's of quotable. Some, yeah. I think I could quote every line from Anchorman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's troubling. Mm-hmm. You know what is another betrayal of, in that movie? Is uh, not betrayal, but right. like you're talking about how it's not even a traditional story. Corningstone takes over as narrator, like 45 minutes in, like she gets to narrate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, and when I watched that, I was like, okay, different. You, yeah. Because they didn't care. Uh-huh. Whatever the fastest way to the joke was. Right. Break the rules, do whatever. Exactly. Do you quote it? 
Oh, I, I do because I found out when I went on the road. Yeah. That's why people are there. That's so good. And it's, it's awful for me not to do it. At first, I thought it was really hacky. I was like, yeah. oh, that would be awful if I rely on something like that. Nope. But that's, that's all they know me from. That's what they're here to hear. Friend, people want to hear yeah. it. So a, friend, a guy on the road told me, play the hits, brother. You got it. Play the hits. I just had it's Rob so- Delaney on the show, and he's a big Twitter monster. Yeah. And I asked him about his live show, and he said he didn't read tweets. And I was like, you got to read some tweets. Do it as an encore. Right. Because people are going to be like, he didn't read tweets. I don't know if that's true. That's just my opinion. Right. If uh, that, like, you know, I do a TJ Miller impression, and if people comment, I feel like they know that it's going to happen uh-huh. because that's a lot of fun. Right. Well, let, let me ask about uh, religion. You were raised Catholic. Yes, very Catholic. Very Catholic. Uh, my parents, my my mother's side of the family, eleven kids. Out of the eleven, four in the religious, two priests, two nuns. Really? So we're taught that's forty percent. Forty percent in the clergy. Yeah, in the clergy, folks. Nuns and the nuns were cloistered. I don't know if you know what cloistered means. No, they lived in the convent only. They didn't go out. Cloistered. Cloistered. They did not get to go uh, back home. Was so when you're eighteen, you go away. That's it. Now it changed years later. Are they still in the cloister? No, there's cloisters. They don't exist. Well, the order might be still still called that. I don't know, but uh, they. Went out and then became teachers and did whatever. My one aunt lives in, in New Orleans and she was teaching. So I have never had an interesting or any conversations about nuns. That's yeah. so fascinating. These yeah. are your aunts. My, yes, my mother's sisters. My mother was the youngest of 11. And so there were two priests. My whole life, there were two priests and two young, nuns in my mother's family. Oh, my alone. gosh. So you can imagine two the priests, yep. two nuns. Let's let's. I, love, I could murder someone and still get to heaven if it exists. Uh, which were the jury's out? Okay. <laughs> well, we don't know. We have no. To we don't know that. We, we don't to, know. If we don't make that, that's going to. Well, when we were to... talking about the chi- the children being comforted by rules and mm-hmm. stuff, I was like, well, that's well, that's why I delight in religion. Right. All the all, all the different religions. I know that sounds contradictory because they they're at odds with each other. Uh, some of them. Somewhat. But they're basically all about trying to structure the the the. Body politic, right? The body politic? Yeah. What does that mean? That's all of us and how we interact with oh, each other. Oh, interesting. Right? Yes, the basic core values. Well, the rules. I mean, like you the th- rules. think about the Jewish tradition, those rules about food were so people didn't get sick. Right. Stop eating crabs because right. fucking Lysha, I yes. tried to think of a Hebrew sounding name and Lysha right. got came sick. out. Lysha got sick, so that goes in. Right. Put it in Exodus. Put it in there. Pork, all <laughs> You're right. Stuff. People are going to take this really serious. Shut up, Lysha. <laughs> now say gay people are an abomination. There you go. Why? That's how Just I feel. I, yeah, it's yeah. How, exactly. <laughs> fucking Moses. They're mad at fucking Moses. Fucking, and then meanwhile, Abraham gets to take a second wife because the first one was barren. What's going on? Yeah, concubine. Hold on. Wait a minute. Concubines. And how, so who's who benefits? Yeah. Qui bono. The, yeah. The, the qui. Qui, bo- qui the, indeed. The man, you know, it's like you make your own rules. Yeah. So how are you raising your kids? That's a good test well, of your Well, here's the thing. For a long time, I would not uh, uh, participate. I kind of walked away from it because, uh, like that, of all the contradictory elements to, to yep. the religion. Sure. And then, as you start having children, my wife is more religious than I am, mm-hmm. uh, or spiritual, I'd say, even certainly more in touch with that side she of knows what a love chakra is. Does she? That's that's a real I question. So. I certainly doubt. Yeah. Do, but um, uh, we we used to go to one school, and the price of the school kept going up and up and up. Pardon me. And then um, 
my, all my buddies from Chicago go to this Catholic school in the Valley, so we could send all four of my kids, uh, the four that are of, of uh, school age, to this one school for the price of one person at that other school. Oh, wow. So as we had more and more children, I crept closer and closer back to the front door of that church. Yeah. Because tuition was so much cheaper. Interesting. So um, what I tell my kids now is, look, there are things you have to put on the test. You to, these are the right answers for the test, but we can talk about anything. You mean they're going to be tested about? Oh yeah, it's a Catholic religious things? school. It's a, we, they go now to go to Catholic school. They need so, to know the seven deadlies. All of that. They got to know the, whatever that you need to know for the test. You had to write that down for the test. Yeah, that's true. You, for the test. For the test, we can talk about anything. When my my daughter did her first communion, uh, she had to think of four sins because they had to go to confession. Yeah. And so you're going to confess your sins to another man, mm-hmm. to a man, mm-hmm. not another man, mm-hmm. for what? And that person absolves you. He's got a more direct link yeah. to God. Oh, those those kinds of questions haven't necessarily come up yet. Right. And it's not for me to necessarily make them start doubting this stuff now. But mm. when it comes up, my son and I have had a lot of discussions about How old is he? He's 12. Okay, so he's starting to get it. Oh, oh uh, years ago. He, he was very early... Uh, questioning, wondering how all this stuff works. He wants and, to wrestle with yep, it a little bit, yep. participate. So, you know, we have long talks about what, because, uh, you know, we talk about, because it puzzled me when I was in sixth grade. I was like, wait a minute. So Zeus was God, and they really believed in him as much as we believe what we believe now. He thought that at 12? I had that thought last week for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've had those discussions. I say, you know, you're absolutely right. And so one day he told me, he goes, Dad, I'm science, I'm not religion. That's Is that what he said? Yeah. And I said, well, hold on, son. We, there's still, there's a lot of value to prayer. Yes, yes. There's a lot of value to believing and having, you know, the spirituality and really believing in whatever God means. Yeah. It doesn't have to be I think what, that's been clinically says. proven almost that mm-hmm. even if it is make believe let's say it is make believe that it's still gr- uh, greatly beneficial to have some to believe in a calling mm-hmm. to believe in an anointing and to be working towards a higher purpose that's why alcoholics anonymous i believe still uses it uh, to be true to their roots certainly but also it's helpful to go like i'm Someone's pulling for me. Uh-huh. Something's yeah. pulling for me. God, as I understand it, I think they say. Well, I think a metaphysic, uh, metaphysicist could give us a better uh, voice to that. But sure. I, of course, I believe in that. I, yeah. You know, there's who knows what we are. Right. Honestly, you look at video games now. Right. Right. We could be what is an organic video game, and why not? And yeah. in a way, we certainly are. Uh, there could be another universe outside of this That's universe, and we're nothing more than some child's board game. Yeah. How can that not be so? Yeah. Of course it can be, because look yeah. at this thing. Whatever we are created, it's, it's evolved. It's certainly imperfect. It breaks down. It gets cancer. It dies before 100. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why all of that? It has independent thoughts, so you let these, these chess pieces, which we are, play out by themselves and do what they're going to do and war with each other, which is counterintuitive to what... You know, this thing needs to do to survive. Yeah. Uh, we don't take care of each other necessarily. We have these different uh, uh, polarized thoughts, thought groups, right, who say this is the way to live and that's the way to live. Then we have these religions that come in and try to distill it because we're trying to apply some method to the madness yep. where we might just be an organic video game. <laughs> How can that not be true? <laughs> Alien ant farm. Because the, these things break down. Yeah. And why would they? Why does that person get cancer and this other person doesn't because there's a yeah. flaw in this dna system this is this is we're not deities right we're part of a thought a thing an idea yeah so we have to make ourselves important right otherwise why 
Why well, go? it is crazy. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they abandon their faith, the first thing that they think is like, well, why shouldn't I just steal from people or whatever? Sure. So it is kind of an easy, it's an easy answer to be like, because God doesn't like that. Right. But then you start to kind of evolve and be like, maybe God is this experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe God is this world. That's pantheism, I suppose. I, I reference that a lot. I only know like four things. <laughs> but that's pretty interesting. So you like to think far out stuff, like the end of Men in Black, where we're in a marble, like our universe is in a marble and aliens are playing marbles with it. Of course. It's kind of wild. Why not? But or how- we could be the only living thing in this universe. That's wild, too. That's hard to believe. But yeah. Well, they okay. talk about all these different dimensions and stuff. That's the I, other thing. I, it blows my mind. It blows Apparently, my yes, mind. yes, yes. Well, they keep... Uh, I, it, that That's always like page 18 news mm-hmm. when there's some science story where they're right. like, scientists conclude that it's very likely that there's a billion universes that are just like, or whatever. On top of us right On top right of now. us right now. Everything's happening simultaneously. Time is an wow. illusion, all this sort of stuff. And you're just kind of like, oh, I'm going to eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> we only care about it doesn't sex matter. and food. Right. Sex and, and we're food. only here 80 years. I know. So we're you're like, well. But you know what I've gotten kind of weird about? Talk about the afterlife, I suppose, is that my therapist uh, likes to tell me, he's like, well, what if uh, you do have a soul? Let's, mm-hmm. let's start with you do have a soul. Right. And then let's go with it is, it is eternal. It exists apart from your body. Mm-hmm. And that when you die, you'll go to another dimension. Oh. right? And one of the things that Duncan Trussell, one of the weirder weirdos that we've had on the show, told me was like, if you go to another dimension and you didn't uh, evolve in the way that you were supposed to right. intellectually and spiritually on this right. planet, going to that dimension might feel like hell to you. Ah. You know what I mean? Because you'd be... You didn't do the work. So right. you're like in this weird place and you need to evolve and get out of Which there. Which could be exactly where a lot of people are right now. Right. Uh, like a hell on earth sort of thing. Hell on earth. I mean, for those that might have schizophrenia, that's certainly not right. a very pleasant place yep. to be. Yep. Well, that, that goes into like past lives mm-hmm. and reincarnation. Those are all pretty interesting ideas. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some validity. There's validity to every theory. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of theories. A lot of theories. Which one do we gravitate toward? Which one yeah. was the one to marshal the support? Yeah. Which was the simplest one that gathered the biggest group? Yeah. Right? You look at the comedians that, uh, or whatever shows, television shows that might be the most popular, might not be the most sophisticated. Right. Interesting. Right. So some of the religions are two and a half men, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Which has its own way of breaking the thing down. Sure. My theory on Two and a Half Men is it's, it's uh, so appealing because, you know, the women drive the viewing mm-hmm. at home, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because our lead character is a dominant male mm-hmm. who doesn't play by the rules. And uh, a female would see that and say, that would be the best attachment for me to survive as a species, mm. right? Interesting. And so, because, you know, a lot of times we'll say, why did this girl go after this dick? Why, why are they right, attracted right. to the dick? Because he's going to make his own rules. He's going to survive. He's going to write his he own rules. He doesn't care yeah. about the rest of the room. He cares about himself. So the, I, I definitely live. He's not some yes. compassionate guy knitting. So, he's fucking going right. after the woolly mammoth and he's going to eat too much of it. And the, the strong thing for her to do to survive is, is to attach herself to that thing. And if she can dominate that one then she has ensured her uh, uh, continued existence yeah that's the way I look at it yeah now, but then we get the other guy and he gets to represent the softer side right. of things for comedy exactly You've get, and then we yeah. have a boy yeah and uh, you're right that's which makes us uh, get involved in the decision making process that they're all having yeah, and any woman would have an opinion because there's that. a child, a youth that's yes. that's uh, alkalizing. A, Everybody a, cares a, about a baby. A future, bringing it back to the alkaline water. <laughs> Why aren't you taking notes, Catherine? Catherine, Catherine. Do you want to anyway, hear? You want that's my theory. fucking great. But fucking. Those, are, those are just theories, and that's not church. And now the Letterman quote you're getting back to. That's actually where I was going to go. Really? Yeah, because I was like, we oh, got, we got. You. I was oh, just handing water. water just to let you know, folks. They they host here. They host well. Do you want a cashew? I can't. I've got a, a hole in my mouth. 
Oh, right. How thoughtless of me. I have a, a tooth that is... Gone now. Re... Are you feeling the phantom tooth? No, I, I no. I feel a hole, a uh, deep, which is so weird. You keep tongue in I've, it. I I have great dental hygiene. Yep. Uh, you I, floss. You I'm a very healthy. I floss. I brush often. It oh, just, you know what we need to do? What? I'm so sorry. No, no. Let's defend monogamy. We've had like eight episodes in a row where everybody's like, monogamy is stupid, and we should fuck everybody. Well, that's the and reason. I can't articulate it. I can't talk. I, I can't I, defend monogamy. No, it, I, maybe not. Maybe I'm just not the best person to do it. I'm a loyal person. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, I like relationships. Right. I like the idea of getting married and all that sort of stuff. But I have these people that come on and I talk to these people off mic yeah. and stuff. And a lot of comedians I know are kind of like, it's, a, it's an outdated thing. It's a type of slavery. It's stupid. And you should only be with people that let you fuck other people and they fuck other people. Right. And, like, and here you are. I'm, I'm picturing your family table right. breaking bread, doing Cosby in the future, doing Paul Lynn. I, you, you don't even have to tell me you love your wife. I can feel right. it coming off of right. you. And uh, let's talk about it because I, I have let some listeners down that are like, I wish Pete would step up and talk about uh, loyalty and beauty and love in that traditional way and the, va- and the value in that. Well, there's value in that because I think those help uh, the male – digest the idea the higher idea of what monogamy is there to do i believe uh and uh, biologically monogamy is there to propagate the species yes because if the male leaves the 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 child bearer has greater responsibility and less uh chance at surviving right right so that's also you get to see your seed you get to stick around and that's why they look like you yeah, make sure that it's you and not someone right. else. So you stick around and you, and you become kind of possessive, I suppose. And you're like, this is my woman, and I do sex with her and not anyone else, and then the kids will be me. Right. I guess. Sure, sure, sure. That's, that sounds that's, very that's evolutionary. Part of the, yes, exactly. Yep. It's part of the evolutionary task. Uh, and that's where the male takes it too far sometimes because they become property right. rather than companions. Like like your kids yes. can happen too. I believe that that's not how you feel, is it? Right, exactly. I no. bet you're embracing and, and dancing with your wife. That's oh, sure. Well, we, uh, we did sing... Uh, Yes, of course. We just we, they got Glee for something, someone's birthday, and uh, we were singing along because it's basically video karaoke, right? Yes. And I was I had to go and do a show. I had to leave town, and so they told me to sing the teacher's song, which was uh, "Leave It on a Jet Plane." Yes. So I'm singing and I'm bawling, right? Oh no! Because I had to leave, and my wife oh, comes no. up and she's singing it with me. We're both crying, oh. and my kids are all gathered around me, hugging all of us. It was such a weird, yeah. uh, I, I true I'm so, moment. I will put that true moment. Against uh, fucking random people, and I think that moment wins. Well, here's the thing: there are dating trials and tribulations. If you've ever been with more than one woman in a week, I I would dare say you've never felt more more lonely. Yeah, there's that's the other component. I think males. I feel that's not really something I can't really speak to to that. No, but it, you know whatever. But. Uh, but I mean, like, to me, that's, that's, what, that's why I didn't, why I didn't you, agree or disagree. I didn't want you to think that no, I was no, sitting no, no. on, like, I love it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But uh, to me, it's like that there's a horrible, an emptiness yes. of not having a companion, a, yep. a long-term companion. Right. Uh, and so I, you're a better person if you commit to one per, uh, uh, companion. Right. Uh, well, I, they're going to take that a million different ways. Uh, okay. You have a... a a great chance of becoming the best person you can be if you commit to one relationship. Because then you are forced to uh, 
evolve together. Mm. And that's a very difficult task. You're adding something. Yeah. You're taking you, David you're in Kechner, communion and you're now adding with another, a communion. You're yes. yin-yanging with this other person. Right. And hopefully that evolves you and her because you can get to places that you right. couldn't get by yourself. It, exactly. It's yeah. successful because she's going to push you. You're going to push her. Right. You can it, Then if you can have a trusting relationship where you can talk about your shortcomings with the, uh, your partner, yeah. then you can evolve to a better person. Right. Theoretically. Because hopefully they know you oh, and they yeah. get to know well, they you. they definitely do. And they see your blind spots that well, you couldn't see on your own and some random person that you're It should be the safest with. sounding board. And a lot of times relationships don't become that. They become toxic. Right. Because the thing is we can't take care of anybody else except ourselves. Yeah. We really can't. That's interesting. And if you take care of yourself and you become the best person you can be, that well, allows you to give everybody else around you that choice or that chance to be that same thing. Yeah. I, I think. You're you're going to the relationship to give, not to get, because you're taking care of yourself. Well that's what you, yeah, that's the, the 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 most selfless thing you can do is be the best person to yourself that you can be. Yeah. I know that's a very common Blue way to saving. Nope. It. I was just talking to a friend of mine that w- was raving about his girlfriend, and he was like, "And my girlfriend like just started going to the gym a lot. Like this isn't a fatty fat mm-hmm. put down. Mm-hmm. He was just like, so she's like improving. That never happens. He was like, and I was like, that's true. In a lot of relationships, you see people fill out. Right. I'm not saying you can't. I, I'm not a fattest. I'm not putting down right. fat people. I'm overweight myself. So please don't. <laughs> I did Cosby. So <laughs> don't take it that way. But he, just to hear him talking about. How she's getting better. And then he's getting better. He wants like, to. He wants to keep right. working out and getting better. Not for fear of losing her because she's getting more attractive, but just because he's like, look at this good example. It's something they both like, do together. A lot of relationships I've had, I've been like, I found you. Let's eat ice cream. Right. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to the comfort. Let's go to the comfort. But to me, it's also a, a, it can be a character issue and a responsibility. If you have, to me, if you have kids, the way I look at it, and this is not for everyone else, I have a responsibility to that unit. Yep. And that's for me to, to stay and take care of that thing, no matter how hard it is. Right. I have a responsibility to this this clan, this mm-hmm. one clan that I... And took, your wife is part of that clan. Yes, that I helped create, so now I had to keep participating in right. it. Right. Now, I absolutely believe every male on the planet wants more than one partner. There's no question. Yeah. We all do. Yep. And males do, they want it all the time, because that's the way we're designed. That's how we're supposed to survive, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so then there's that constant... Uh, dealing with that as a guy. Right. How do I deal with all these feelings, these wants? Right. Really? Right. And so then I guess you go... Uh, That's for me, not you. Oh, I see. He's getting <laughs> he's getting signs here in the uh, in the studio, which is it's warm today. By it's the way. fucking hot in here, you bro. You can't run an air conditioner. I know, I know. Uh, I'm still trying to, to formulate my defensive monogamy. No, no, and please don't uh, think that I'm. No, no, no. no. I like that. I like the I like the responsibility. The thing is, I'm not necessarily the most articulate guy in any room. I actually think you're doing a, a fantastic job. And something that I'm hearing you kind of say, yes, if you will, please, is that like. That that idea of improving yourself uh-huh. for your wife, not tending to her, not putting out every fire that she might right. have, but leading by this good example. Also, not like losing yourself. There's this. There's this. Did you see Crazy Stupid Love? Ryan Gosling's. Yes, so of course I saw it. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling takes Steve Carell, and and he helps him right. find his manhood again. Yeah, yeah. He helps him dress better. He helps him become more interesting. Get in touch with his true essence and all this sort of stuff. And he uses it to fuck random people. Right. But then, like, in ultimately, 
I think it helps him get back with his wife and that sort of stuff. Don't lose the thing that made your wife attractive to you in the first place. I think what I see making a lot of these long-term relationships toxic is when people stop seducing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like, I have this person. Right. You start looking at them as, as property. Right. You're like, of course I have sex with them. And then sex almost becomes like masturbating inside of them. Yes. And there's no more seduction. There's no more... It's not just dates. It's like a. It's like an urgency to know them. It's a, like I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. And the thing that... A big mistake that I made was I was like... My wife got it. Box checked. Uh-huh. I, I know her. She's mine forever right. and ever. Fucking terrible perspective to have. Like, it's got to, you got to remain involved. I, I don't know that it's not that typical, though. I think it is pretty typical. I think typical. it's very typical because we don't, I mean, we, to, to us, it's succumbing. Yep. I know that's not what a woman wants to hear, but it's really the male side of it. It's like, okay. Yeah. There's a succumb. And, and and that's I know that sounds awful, yep. but really it's an admission of you are great for me. Yep. And and, and, and we are going to be great together. But they, just just like we were talking about earlier about you have to have a goal for everything, I think in a marriage you have to have the same thing. Right? Yeah. And my wife and I go to But I don't think people do. I think I think yeah. I think the marriage is the goal. Yeah. You got married. Well and then you have your wife. Here's the other thing. And then it's over. Yes. No more goals. Well, then they want kids. Here's the thing. <laughs> no one probably sat down with you before you got married and said, hey, son, here's how it's going to go. No, sir. And no one sat down with me. And I've not known anyone who said someone sat down. Now, you would have the talk about the birds and the bees, the sex, which right. rarely happens with people. Right. But no one has the talk about marriage and says, all right, let me tell you something about marriage. It's going to be very hard. You want to you hear daunting quotes, Google marriage quotes, and they are <laughs> stern warnings. And they should be. It's one of the most difficult undertakings you'll ever yeah. come across. Quotes about marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually have Bartlett's book of quotations. I'd love, I'd love to look up marriage. You look at those. Oh, they're, they're, hey, buyer beware. Oh. It ain't easy. But the thing is, you ha- anything can be easy. It's yeah. all your state of mind, right? Yeah. How do you get there? How do you live in harmony with this other person and then create a harmonious uh, marriage and then a harmonious family. Uh, family and all that stuff? Incredibly hard. Yeah. We don't have it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we try. At least that's the goal. Yeah. You still bone? Oh, yeah. In fact, my wife and I haven't been drinking, and we've had more sex. Because you stopped drinking? Yeah. I think so. (laughs) You know, because alcohol can light the fuse of of whatever (laughs) argument, right? Ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah. Fucking A, man. You're living the dream. It's it's hard because we have the five kids, so then a lot of times you're just exhausted. And, of course, I was trying to ask you in a funny way, uh, but I I really was curious, and I'm happy to hear that. That's great. Yeah. I think you did a great job. And that always <laughs> delights me, but I can never put my finger on what I'm trying to defend when my friends are like, never get married, fuck people, oh. and, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm just kind of like, I get that. The data is there to say marriages sure. decay and become horrible. And, we, and most of us can look at our parents and be like, my parents are still together, but it, it, it looks like a lot of jeopardy and not really talking. Right. You know what I mean? Or, yep. Uh, and I, I can't, I'm not there all the time, but that's what it looks like to me. And I'm like, that sounds like bullshit. Right. I'd rather be a famous comedian that gets to there have sex go. with beautiful girls. Why not? And that sounds great. But then I'm kind of like, but I'm missing something. And when I think about you crying and leaving on a jet plane right. and dancing and the kids, and uh, that sounds beautiful to me. Well, that's And it great. doesn't sound and, like you're selling out to But me. that's my choice. Not, it's not the same choice everyone should have to make. Yeah. Look, you don't have to get married. 
Right. You don't have to have kids. In fact, if you don't want them, don't. How many people just think this is the way life goes? Yep. I go, I stay with my parents till I'm 18, then I go to college where I think, I hope I find my husband. Right. And then we get married, or, or my, my wife. Yep. Then we get my married. My wife. Then I guess my wife. Then I guess we have kids. <laughs> Why? You don't have to do what everybody else does. Absolutely not. You know, I tell people this whenever, if they don't have children, and other people say, are you guys going to have kids? You should respond, why is it important to you? Ah, fucking perfect. Put it back on him. Why? It's, it's not really an insult. It's, it's a like, weird question. I'm really asking you now. Yeah. Well, why wanna... it's important to you that I have children. Yeah. It's a bizarre and weird. Does that make a marriage better? Yeah. I would say it makes it more difficult. Yeah, it sure. It really does. Yeah, I'm sure. If you don't have kids, it's just the two of you got to right. deal with. I never had kids, so right. it always just felt like uh, enhanced dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But of course, I didn't there clearly do it that way. Hey, well. man, no kids, no harm, no foul. Exactly, you just grew. So I did D- wipe the dust off and keep another moving. chance of love. <laughs> That's right. Fucking so, hey, man, you're great. Oh, I am you. wrapping it up prematurely because we have to do another. We have to do. Oh, you have another. Interview are they today? here? Interview. I said. Oh, they're not here. I'm you have another go podcast t- today. I'm doing the indoor kids. You ever hear that one? I have. I'm not going to... I don't host it. I'll just okay. sit there and sharpshoot. Oh, okay. Sharpshoot. This is, this is more important to me. I mean, not to put down that show. So we're going to go until they're here. But this is yours, so... They are? Lightly wrapping. Well, this is, this is for everybody that... The two people who listen to the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> Actually, people do. It's of bizarre. Course. And people listen to them more than once. It does really? me so well. Wow. It makes my heart so happy because here we are having this conversation. Right. And if you and I were at a bar eating steaks, because that's what we do. Yes. Goddamn men. In the afternoon, and we're eating steaks, and we have this conversation. It would actually make me a little sad to be like, it doesn't exist. Other people can't oh, hear it, so I'm so glad that we get to share it. Sure, right. I'm glad that some people participate with it in that way and listen to it multiple times. So bringing it home for that people, for, yes. those, for that people, is David Letterman yes. said that he enjoys fame because it creates this world where he goes to the supermarket or wherever he's out, people are nice to him, and then he's nice back to them. So it creates this utopia where they know him and they like him and they say something nice and he know and he doesn't know them but he says something nice back to them and he's like and that's the way life should be. Wow. Turns the whole world into a small town. Yes. And I was like of all the people I wouldn't think David Letterman in defense of fame. Mm-hmm. And then I was like that's kind of what I like. Like if people listen to the show and they come up to me after a stand up taping or whatever, taping. You know what I mean show and they're like, "Hey Pete, and they want to talk." I'm like, "Yeah." This is how it should be. Right. You come up and you want to hug right away. Wow. I don't know you, but I don't care. I love hugging people. That's great. Let's have a hug. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do. We don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to get that thought out. I, I think that's great. Right? And we should high five again. That's our hug. <laughs> just so sweet, sweet Kate can look on, not, not bemused. One of my things for you was that you're touchy. I watched a lot of your stuff, and you, like me, think that personal space is very funny. So I was like, we're definitely going to like hug at some point. Oh, yeah. Know that that's happening off the air. Yeah, we yeah. end every show. If you will, the guest says, keep it crispy. It's completely up to you. I, I have no doubt that you'll say it because you're a delight. Folks, this is Keeping It Weird with Pete Holmes <laughs> and his new co-host, David Keckner. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. You're the best. A pleasure. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 